0: We're very grateful today that you've joined us in this service. We have a man of God, a friend of ours, a person we love, him and his wife and their children, and uh, we've known each other now for many, many, many years. I don't know how long. Is it more than 30 years or 25 years? Somewhere there. Almost 30 years, right? Closer to 30 years that we've known each other. You can see we keep our friends. Can you see that? Yeah, this man of God is a, a leadership coach, an advisor, conference speaker, a teacher, and a devoted husband, father, and grandfather. <laughs> I tell you, we had the privilege of officiating at his children's weddings. All of them now, we have officiated at their weddings. So we started with one. We have one more to go, Bishop. So thank you for that. He has established Gospel Rama Church in 1993 which today serves as the hub for a leadership training and church planting movement. He's the overseer of the Gospel Rama family of churches and the founder and president of the Advanced Leadership Academy called ALAC. It's an amazing academy, this one. It's an organization which his primary objective is of training drivers in key sectors of life for improved and increased relevance in their communities and society. He travels extensively across the world. Not long ago, he was in Congo, and he was preaching in Congo. He's come back not too long ago. And uh, he's inspiring the society with a message of courageous leadership, pursuit of excellence, and repudiation of ineffectiveness. Most of all, Basalana, is a man who is, uh, him and his wife, they are covenant people who love, and they are friends who are very dear. These are people that we regard as our family, people whose counsel we value, people whose relationship we treasure. And I'm so excited today, Basalana, that he could come and be one of our speakers and to come to the conference. I was telling him how the lockdown hasn't been kind to us as churches. And, And that he has come, even in a time like this, his flight was canceled and he was moved on to another flight. He got on that flight, even tomorrow when he goes back, they canceled the one flight, he's moving to another flight. Only somebody who loves you can do that for you. Only somebody who cares deeply can do that for you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want us to really, really welcome this servant of the Lord as we stand on our feet. And let's put our hands together for Bishop Chalo Kachunga. Come on, everybody. Oh, come on, everybody. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Woo. Well, 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 well. Now be careful how you welcome a visitor. I might not go. <laughs> I think I told you of a joke. You know, we're on a campus in Dallas, and uh, I don't know about the idea. You know, every student who comes late uh, for class, we will clap for him. And then this guy from uh, uh, where Bob Marley came from, Jamaica. I will never forget his name. He will rock up every single class, the last guy. (laughs) And then we'll clap for him and at one stage you say, this is too much clapping. (laughs) Then you say, but why are you late every day? He said, because in Jamaica, nobody have ever clapped for me. So <laughs> I found a loophole, and I say, let's maximize. So be careful how you welcome a visitor. <laughs> I might stay and then create some prophetic
0: words.
1: <laughs> Amen. We are graced to have our presiding bishop and mama as leaders. We, we are. We are. We are graced. I don't know if I should say it, but let me say it. Something horrible took place uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, one of the founding fathers, you know, in the Congo died and he had to be buried. So around those kind of people, the big, big names are called because these are fathers of the nation And uh, I'm watching this thing on TV with uh, my wife. And when the MC called all the fathers of the nation to come and, and do the last prayer, there were six. Out of six, five are divorced. That shook me and I realize we have a problem. Because if out of six fathers of the nation, five are divorced,
0: there's
1: a problem. Now to see our leaders go through it all and decide that governance is to be kept to have someone lead you for 38 years without running the name of the church in the community in disrepute. We need to honor such a person. uh, We talk a lot. And I've told him, God will give you friends who are ocean. They're large, they're big, have what I don't have, but I will be a river to you. I, will be a river to you. I might not reach certain heights, but you have someone who will go with you all the way. Have someone who will pray for you. And uh, for me to come, it's it's coming home. You know, it's 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 not a guest speaker, it's it's coming home. And I was telling him in the lounge that even if I don't preach, just being around him, I'm I'm happy. You know, I've I've got my friends and that's that's enough. And, uh, yeah, let's 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 sit and talk briefly on certain things that are important to us. I followed Sessions that, that went on, uh, Bishop Nati, uh, Pastor Ray, and Nwaka, it was good. But I was moved by the comments, closing comments, that Bishop was giving when he spoke about second half ministry wise. That I think I'm shifting not living grace, but shifting the weight of priority in leadership, training and empowerment and raising younger generation. And he made a call, the 20-some, would you please put up your hands and join the clergy to champion the kingdom of God through local churches. And I thought. If we have to reduce leadership to its irreducible, what will it be? Wow. We go, okay, we dissect all the studies we make on leadership and then we bring it to you cannot go below this. Wow. What will it be? And I think leadership boils down to two things. One is the dynamics. Second is the mechanics. You can go all the way to doctoral degree. You're studying these two things. Maybe complex, maybe smaller things. But it's basically the dynamics of leadership. And in that space of dynamics of leadership, you deal with character issues. You deal with heart issues. We call them the big part of the iceberg that is below the water. Because what kills organizations, families, churches, it's what people don't see. The biggest danger to you is your heart. And I think if you heard Pastor Ray yesterday is a grandpa to you, pouring out and saying, "Don't make enemies. Be quick to forgive." If I knew what I know now, then I would not. Now, this, this, these are big, big stuff. What you was dealing with is the heart. Then, on the other side, there's the mechanics of leadership where we have competence, we have head. of a professor shook me when he said there are people who will study all their lives but when they come to a place of dying they will have known everything except to think. (laughs) And I thought, whoa. That's heavy. And leadership staff must be intertwined with every church activity. Not because it's a pep subject that all of us have to go to, but because the prophetic position of the church in society obliged every Christian to know something about leadership. Isaiah says it, Micah says it again, and other prophets, that in the last days, the mountains of the Lord's house will be lifted above all other mountains. And people, leaders, nation will stream to it, saying, "Teach us the ways of God." So once you come into contact with Christ and you become part of the church, you are a candidate for leadership. Now I want to make a quick, quick kind of you know overview on certain things, because I've been thinking about, you know, leadership and the leaders, you know, before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and after the pandemic, what are the things that the church have to be aware of at the level of a leader? And the message I'm giving today is, is okay for all of us, you know, uh, we, we're dealing with leaders pre-pandemic, in the pandemic, post-pandemic, so that's 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 our subject Uh, We're dealing with. And uh, I'm reading this book. So this guy says, you know, one of his commentary that back in the days, Jews were not known because of what they believed in, but they were known because of the way they behaved. Oh, you've missed it. Let's rewind. Let's rewind again. Back in the days, Jews were not known by what they believed in, by the way they behaved. So you can study the Torah, you can study the Tanakh, you can study, you know, you know the Talmud, everything. But if it cannot translate in the way you live daily, you are not a people of God. That applies to leadership as well. We are not leaders because you attend. Leadership session or training is the way we behave. And leadership, like anything else, moves as the situation demands. So, life as you know it now, can be broken in three segments. Before the pandemic, during the pandemic where we are, but this thing will finish. There was swine flu, it's gone. There was first world war, it's gone. There was second world war, it's gone. These two shall pass. So that you learn. Now, allow me to make a quick look because I'm not going to dwell. I want to dwell on the last segment because of time. The traditional approach to leadership should never be overlooked by anybody because that's what makes us the church, the people of God. Now, if the church is the leader of society, how much more people who lead in the church So the traditional approach to leadership has three components. One is, I am a leader because I can motivate. Now, motivation has nothing to do with being a cheerleader. (laughs) Because it's a confusion. We think, hey, go on, go on. No, no, no. Motivation is basically, give me the reason why I should join the church. Give me the reason why I should join your team. Give me the reason. Because if there's no a why, there's inability to rally people. So my brothers and sisters, please let's think deeply. At family level, school level. When you go on campus, God counts on you to show to other people why what you have is worth following. The second thing that makes us leaders is not just the ability to motivate, but ability to mobilize. How do I leave home? Where do I go? So these are big questions. We see politicians now, you know, we have uh, electoral campaigns and everything going on. They're running around trying to mobilize. The church needs human resource. The church needs financial resources. The church needs infrastructure. All these things. It's part of leadership. That was today, on a Friday evening, Heritage Day, the Holy Spirit arrested you to come. Not because you attend an annual conference, but because heaven strategically is counting on you to be a mobilizer. And then the third thing that makes a leader a leader is the ability to organize. Every time leadership goes wrong, I'm talking about the mechanics of leadership, competence, size, the brain, the thinking, in a house where everything starts in a home, where dad, mom creates things and then the family goes nowhere. You check one of these three things, it's in jeopardy. Do I give a reason why this family, even if it doesn't have money, it's worth staying in? Proper parents raise children who are proud to be members of that family even if it's a poor family. That's, that's the calling of God. And that's the place where leadership plays. But again, leadership changes when we hit crisis. You know, we cannot remove these three. If you remove, you stop being a leader. You must motivate, mobilize, organize. That's, that's what makes a leader a leader, you know, whatever level of leadership. Then COVID came. But, you know, if you take life from COVID, you don't understand what our world has been facing as major crisis in the past 20 years. The world we live in shifted big time on September 11, 2001. When those four airplanes hit different positions, the terrorism reached its crescendo, everything changed. I'm pretty much well-traveled. I was in a habit every time I come, long trips, America, Canada, wherever. I'll just go in a cockpit and sit with the pilot and talk throughout until I land. Now you cannot. Because there was September 11. When you go to Ethro, you have to go three hours before your flight, because everything removable must be removed. <laughs> we didn't used to. So we live in a society that have changed. But the church doesn't realise things have changed. What really changed? What brought us to September 11, 20 years ago? Ideology. We call them terrorists, but they don't see themselves as terrorists. They are championing a cause. They are ready to finish tertiary education, spend money to fly aeroplane, sit on the cold peak, and knowing in the next few minutes, I'm dead. What for? Because I believe in Allah. Where are the believers of Jesus who are ready to pay the price for this thing called the church of God to never go down? That's my issue now. We have raised soft Christians. That something as small as a virus can keep you from believing in a God. Paul said, try me. You kill me, I make it. You leave me alive, I will work. Choose. Heaven is calling back those soldiers of the cross. The world changed. Then in 2008, for some reason... In September as well, we have a second global crisis, financial crisis, recession. Things have changed. You don't walk to the bank and get your loan as you used to. Actually, we are graced in this nation you go to other countries like the Nigerias and the Congos, the Bras- Congo, Brazzaville, for you to get a loan, you have to have a collateral worth 60% of what you're borrowing. Oh, now, if I want money, it's because I don't have. Now, you want me to produce something? <laughs> <laughs> Why is the question that Christians should ask themselves? What brought us to two thousand eight? Greed. Think. And then December twenty nineteen came. <laughs> My <laughs> Boss and my friend and my brother. We love each other so much that when we meet, we will just kiss each other with a holy kiss. We cannot. Yesterday, I heard him for the first time Bluetooth greetings. I never knew that you can Bluetooth one. We have sat in hotels and places in nations talking to the wee hours of the morning, but now we talk through masks. He doesn't trust me much. (laughs) Once he saw me coming up, he put his mask on and go, Hey, I love you, but I I never know. Maybe Cape Town brings something. (laughs) And now, for almost a year and a half, we are masking, we are distancing. We are keeping many of our brothers and sisters. Well, the explosion was a homecoming in a true sense where outside will be packed. They cannot come. Now, a Christian has to ask himself what brought us here? Negligence. I've just shared with you three big things. When ideology is not controlled, When greed is not controlled, when what needs to not be neglected is neglected, people pay the price. But what is heaven telling us? As Christians, we have to be very good at motivating, mobilizing, organizing. But when the crisis of this nature comes, on top of what makes the core leadership staff we have to move swiftly to add something on a value system as christian wow. the capacity to interpret wow. that what makes a difference you know my bishop i'm thinking about joseph and ago this is not fair joseph died super rich He never laid hand on anybody. Uh, Joseph died super rich. Nobody has ever fallen under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. uh, Joseph died rich because he was able to interpret. Uh, Come on, talk to me. Do you know why the church is called... (laughs) Non-essential. Because when our leaders are struggling, they are waiting for someone who can interpret what is going on. And the church, what we do, let's sing songs of Zion. So I'm thinking about this stuff. And I'm hearing again yesterday the voice Of a bishop resounding. Where are the 20 something who can put up their hands, join us in the clergy to move the kingdom of God forth through the local church? He's not asking all of us to be senior pastors of churches, but is to understand something how can you make the church be present in a bank? I shared something with Tatiswan and Mama as they were driving me. The pressure on the church is unbearable. Right. Congo, Kinshasa, Nigeria, uh, Tanzania, uh, other countries they will come. They're all under pressure. Churches must close. It's dangerous. This is where the virus multiply. Listen to what the Congolese president said. I am prepared to shut the church at one condition. If the markets are closed, I'll close the church. Come on, give it to me. If the markets are closed, I will shut the church same day. You go to Congo, you go to Nigeria, you go to other countries, it's like corona doesn't exist. Tanzania, Magufuri died and people thought it was COVID. It's not. He had the heart condition. When COVID came, Magufuri said, keep the church open. Because if God cannot intervene, we might as well die. Think about it. And I can give you name after name. What is the common thread among those nations? The people at the top know something about God. The question I'm asking myself and I'm asking us, will we be irrelevant for the rest of our time? Uh. Where are the CEO Christians? Where are the... Cabinet members Christians. Yeah. We are the president Christian who can stand and veto for the kingdom of God to move forward. Yeah. 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 So let me shift quickly. This thing can preach for a long time. And I began to think, Lord, this thing will finish. We will stop masking. And if people wear the mask, it will be just because they want to. But when the masking is over, what should Christian leaders do? We are not removing the triangle that makes us strong leaders. We are not moving the capacity to interpret what is going on. That's critical for a leader. But may I propose to us in a very quick bullet format, maybe I'll dwell on one or two uh, of those f- five elements. I'm thinking in my spirit, the church has to be prepared as you move into leadership post-pandemic. We call it strategic approach. The first thing that all of us, family-wise and other a other way we have to do is to create balance it's a big word worth a seminar without balance society will die think with me i'm i'm throwing numbers right our nation is 95% in debt to gdp Simply put, in a nice way, we are bankrupt. Now, if you think South Africa is in trouble, go to France. France is 110% in debt to GDP. If you think France is in trouble, let's go to Big Brother United States. Two weeks ago, United States have just crossed the milestone of 28 trillion US dollars of debt. You don't understand the numbers. That's why you're quiet. (laughs) Let me help you. 28 trillion simply means every child American who is going to be born for the next four generations, if we take a generation 40 years, will be born with $200 million of debt. That's what it means. These are staggering Numbers. What is the commonality? We are driven without creating margin. That's the issue. Churches have gone down because we've been driven with vision, mission. We are going to buy, we are going to build, we are going to do this. But there's no margin of in case. Amen. And we have been found wanting. Now, we are ganging for members to come back, not because we want the koinonia, but because the numbers are not looking okay. And what applies to church and government applies to your family. Be balanced. But number two, on your leadership, you have to add innovation. I've said it many times Our brains are not toys They are tools (laughs) Let's use them There are many ways to do something And get the same result We had a testimony from our presiding bishop About his mother Who cooked cabbage With innovation (laughs) and it moved the family from Monday to Friday while they're waiting for meat once or fish. Listen, the point of church is this. We have to have a component of fellowship. But we really have to be in one building for fellowship to take place. So, we don't have time, but, you know, this thing up for thought. Because I was chasing the third one. So, can I do this? You know, because I don't think we will finish the whole thing. Let me give all five and then come back to the third. Are we okay? For those who are writing. The third thing is expertise. Right? As you go post-pandemic, we will need expertise. The fourth one is collaboration. Organization, countries, churches who will not be expert in collaborating will go down. And then number five, communication. What am I teaching today in a brief moment as a survey? Because there's a prophetic word on the church, the mountain of the Lord's house, the influence of the church will be above all other influences that will come. What will make us able to do that is our capacity to motivate, mobilize, organize. But number four, our capacity to interpret what is going on. The reason the church has never been called through all the crises, September 11, Uh, September 2008 December uh, 2019 it's simply because the church is lacking in its ability to interpret for medical people they call diagnosis because if you cannot give a good diagnosis you will give the wrong medicine and the church has a very poor medicine stock it doesn't work pray it's not working pray some more It doesn't work fast and pray now. (laughs) It doesn't work fast, pray and ban the devils. And you think you will be called to parliament to ban devils when the devils are in parliament? (laughs) It doesn't work. So therefore, what our presiding bishop is asking is, let's join and begin to think at a different level. That's, That's the call. That's the call but let me make a loop quickly and then we will close in two or three minutes. Expertise. We have to be super smart. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm reading, this, I'm reading this passage and I've read it thousands of times. Acts chapter 28, uh, you know, Paul and, and his companion, that in total, 276 uh, people shipwrecked on the island of Malta uh, you know they've lost everything and then Luke is, is a physician he's an historian he's a smart thinker you have to to think the way he puts stuff then Luke notices that when the 276 people got on Malta he changes he starts talking about Pablius Pablius is is the kind of mayor or governor of the island he's a rich guy And then he praises him. He has the money, he's generous, he's hospitable, he's a man of influence. Then he goes, but he's a limited guy. Because in his house there's his dad, who is dying of a disease that the money, the influence cannot solve. On the other side, there's Paul. Paul has nothing except Paul. Nothing left. The ship is gone. Goods are gone. Paul has a problem with snakes. Paul doesn't have a place to stay. Paul is accommodated for three days in the house of Pablius. He seems to have nothing, but he has everything. (laughs) The church seems to have nothing, but you have everything. Two things. On the third day, Paul realizes, I must do something about the situation. The Bible says he enters the room where Pablo's dad was, sick of dysentery, which means, you know, this, 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 his, his intestine is uh, infected and, you know, is bleeding from inside and all those stuff, you know how it goes. And he has a fever. Now the Bible says Paul prayed. Listen to this. Paul prayed for the guy. He Laid the head on the guy. What happened? He healed him. Uh, okay. And the church is happy. But it's just the beginning of a problem. Because when Paul finished healing the guy, the next thing the Bible tells us, the entire city came. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if that's... The, yeah. Bishop, that's why like yeah. NIV better than your version. Yeah. Because NIV understand what King James doesn't understand. Paul healed the guy. The rest of the sick people on the island came. And the Bible uses the words, they were cured. You don't get it. To cure is used in the Bible to explain using natural medicine and techniques for the well-being of people. What is Luke teaching us? When Paul does the supernatural, he opens the doors for the natural to kick in. Now, Now, Luke is a physician. Physician is more than a doctor, which means you become specialist. What Luke is telling us, Paul did the spiritual. I and the rest, we took over. Wow. Wow. Now, in closing, verse 10 is an amazing one. Because the Bible says, when the entire island was healed, they honored us. Government will never honor us. Until the church combined. Healing and curing. So therefore, we are obliged to be specialized in anointing, laying a hand, but we are obliged to raise people who are super smart in all the sciences. The best lawyers, the best doctors, the best engineers, the best businessmen, the best of this, the best counselors, all of us have to come on board. That's what's The church post pandemic should be for the honor that was lost to be brought back, to be continued. (laughs) Thank you, my bishop. God bless you.